Before we start today's show, I'd just like to talk about Kuoi Kyoto. It's a watch brand that was established in the historic Japanese city Kyoto in 2020. The brand was created with a vision of appealing a classic design from Kyoto to the world. They want people from around the world to enjoy high quality classic design watches that are actually made in Japan. I love the brand. They've been a supporter of me and they've come on board to support the podcast. So thank you, Kuoi. I'd love it if you guys could go and check out their website at Kuoi, that's K-U-O-E-E-N.com. At the moment, they've got a great deal on where you get a second band included with your watch. The watches are incredible quality, a real classic design too. Think 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, gentlemen and ladies watches that are of the sizes that people actually used to wear watches. They are great watches. And thanks to Kuoi for sponsoring this episode. Jesse's girl, Ajmal, tell me, you pick the song. How is it? What a song! What a song! I I, I love that song. It's just it's it, it's kind of one of those you know you kind of remember sort of from your youth, and then you see again, you're reminded again many times over of it. And the first one of the first times I was reminded of it was Rick Springfield who sang it. He had a part in. Um, Battlestar Galactica, the TV show. He did. He had a part of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> now, you were worried and that this was, was going to age you, us playing this song as your song <laughs> of choice. But I think but the fact you've said Battlestar Galactica, that's done the job anyway, okay? <laughs> but it was just, you know, it was, uh, what, was what was the other guy's name? Uh, Burke, Dirk Burke, um, Benedict, face man from, <laughs> from ATM, he was in it. But it was... Um, I, I wonder what I would like to watch it now. But anyway, he was he was in that, and I remember thinking, watching it, and you know when you're not sure, and you think, ah, is that Brooke Springfield? The haircut <laughs> it gave it away. Him. The haircut gave it away. Yeah, and you can't look it up on the internet. You can't just go, oh, is, <laughs> is you can't ask chat GPT. You can't do any of that. Hang on, before we go any further, <laughs> hang on, just wait. Sorry to interrupt you. Welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast, everyone. We <laughs> forgot to mention at the start. <laughs> In case you're wondering what you've tuned into, it really is Porsche Talk Podcast. Yeah. And we will get to Porsche in a moment. Or you've accidentally stumbled onto it. Yeah, that's right. But stay tuned because we will talk Porsche. Eventually. <laughs> Battlestar Galacta, Brick Springfield, unbelievable. What a, what a, what a, did they redo Battlestar Galactica like in the 2000s or something? They, they did. They did. And I saw a, a couple of episodes, but I think the – because – there's a reason why you watch those shows, right? You, there's a reason why you watch Star, the original Star Trek. Sure. And that reason you go, it's not that you're not watching it for the same reason anymore. And then you look at it through a lens of, I'm watching a generic sci-fi show. Do I want to watch that? And I, and I didn't. I didn't watch all of it. I watched a couple of episodes. Um, and I should revisit it because everyone raved about it. But um, but when you watch the original Star Trek and then you watch every and, and I'm a, I'm a Trekkie so I've watched every iteration since. I'm a sympathizer as well. Um, I'm a sympathizer as well. 
Yeah, so I need to... And then I'm going to go off on a tangent again. I'm sorry. And one of my friends said to me, who's also a sci-fi nerd, and he, we were at dinner and he said, oh, the the mini crossover between Star Wars and Star Trek. And, you know, my mind was blank. I thought, what is he talking about? And he went, you know. And I went, no. And it's, I think it's Into Darkness, the later sure. Wrath of Khan remake. And they where the Enterprise is being attacked and it's blasted. And, you know, everything from inside and the people and everything's being sucked out into space and past the camera flies R2-D2. <laughs> really? And, I haven't seen it. And, 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 he, and, he t- and he talks about it and I'm, my mind's blank. And then I go home and I say to my wife, did you know that? And, and she put her head in her hands and she went, we went to the cinema to watch it together. And when that scene came up, you turned to me and went, what's that R2-D2? And you Googled it on the way home. And we talked about it for half an hour. And I thought, in. I don't not remember that. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Uh, okay. How you been anyway? How's the week been? Um, it's been not bad. I've been away for a couple of days with work. And then mostly I am now obsessing about my garage build. Ooh. Well, look, I reckon there's a good chance the audience are going to get tired of hearing about it before a single thing actually happens or a single stone laid, but we'll run down that path regardless, right? Wait, 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 wait. Stuff stuff is happening. What? Um, I mean, no stones have been laid. Okay, great. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and just just for, you know, just to confirm, there won't be stones built as part of the build. It won't be built from stone. When I say stone, I mean brick. Yes. Uh, there'll be some bricks. Yes. Um, but I've I've kind of cleared the site, so I'll have to put some photos on Instagram. It was massively overgrown, and someone had put up as fencing this corrugated iron stuff. Easy to dispose of. to yeah, dig yeah. out of the ground. So I've got to now go and get rid of that. So I've got it stacked really high. And then what that sort of revealed was that the neighbor's drive is higher probably by about 30 to 40 centimetres ah, than so the my f- driveway. The fence was using uh, used as part retaining wall to uh, stop their property falling into yours by the sounds of it. A little bit. So that's got me a bit worried because... Should have. Obviously, before we moved in, the, those neighbours would have been looking at this corrugated iron, which then got covered in ivy, so it would have looked right state. So what they've done is probably what most normal people would have done. They've just put a nice new fence up in front of it. Really? They didn't so, so, talk to the neighbours and say, let's just split it? I, you would have thought so, but I think it wasn't the neighbours who lived there last. It was the ones ah, before. Okay. Sure. So they so they just put a fence up in front of it, and obviously the, the change in height would have made it complicated, even if they had split it. So that so I've taken away this corrugated iron halfway halfway down, and now this fence is just stood there, and I'm just thinking if if somebody does nudge that fence, is it going to fall over? Because the 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 posts that are into the ground are are now sort of exposed another thirty centimeters. Not as far into the ground as they originally were thought. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to reinforce that bit with sleepers, you know, railway sleepers that are going to go along the edge. Nothing like a bit um, of arsenic in the soil. Yep. Exactly. Um, and they, they're not going to be treated with arsenic. And then I have, I've cleared the site and I've now got to do the concrete slab that's going to 
Gary's is going to sit on. The problem is that the, the site it, or the where it's going to sit slopes down. So from one end to the other, it's going to be about the concrete slab is going to be about eight meters wide. Sure. And the change in height is about a meter. A meter? One end to the other. Yep. Oof. You have to retain that. So you're, I need have to, to, you're going to have to build up a wall or something to stop that from or cut it out, one or the other. You can't hide from this uh, number. No, no, not at all. And so it's it's got to come down a little bit from the hot heist bit, but obviously it's got to come up a lot on the other end. And there's – so I don't want it to be anything ugly either, that wall. So it's either I get some shuttering and I get the garage base done and then I put something else – outside it or i can do the whole sleeper thing again but we use rsjs and the sleeper slot in and i've seen it done um a lot of people have done it and it looks quite nice we'll talk about this off air afterwards i've got experience in the problem you have right now in what i went through to build the home i now live in you're so not going to like reckon... the sound of it but that's the discussion we've got to have but let's talk uh, for a minute okay <laughs> I did. I clicked over thirty thousand kilometres in my GD4 today. Thirty thousand. Mm, when I bought it a year ago, it is actually almost exactly a year ago, as I mentioned in a previous podcast recently, that my extended warranty is due, as is my insurance renewal, along with my vehicle registration and every other thing that they can get you in one go at. And of course, twelve months means a service. So, following all those events. Turns out the car isn't as cheap as you think. Why you have to pay that every year? And the, <laughs> but the 30,000 K, so I've done about 8,000 kilometres in a year. Oh, wow. What's in that? So, 5,000 so, miles. So I have something ha that happened this week relevant to that. Here, let's so I, I went away for work yep. and I went in my 911, 996, mm -hmm. and it was a 500-mile round trip. Um and I clicked over to 160,000 miles, uh, which number. is 257,495 kilometers. <laughs> Tell me, what are you going to do when this motor shits itself because of its age and its fatigue of kilometers? Um, is it just going to end well, up you know sitting the, there um, on blocks for six years, do you think, or do you think you're actually going to? No, no. Uh, you know that, that difference in height in the – Slab. Are oh, you just going to park it in there, there and then sort of lay the concrete over it? Gonna, yeah, concrete it over Got the it. top, and you know it will uh, be forever preserved in its terrible state, and uh, but also will be providing a function forever yeah, more. Yeah, got it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think that's probably the right thing to do. In fact, I might do it so the back is sticking out of one end. Got it. <laughs> the yeah. concrete base, just so you see that it's almost like it's. The the park under the garage sort of evolved around it. Yeah, it's been it's been consumed by yeah. the garden and the garage. That yeah. might be a way to do it. The because I do get worried about how long it'll be until this event occurs and is needed. Once you know, because of the amount of kilometers on your or miles on your car. Well, I do think about it, and I think, you know, what would I do? Yeah. I would. I, I do know what I'd do. I would just sell it. I'd just sell it. I'd put it on eBay and say, "Calf sale with a broken engine. Just come and take it away. No reserve." And I reckon I'd get five grand. I reckon. <laughs> so I've just seen one for sale—a Tiptronic 
convertible and it's two years newer than mine and it was the bidding when i looked at it was like six thousand four hundred and something that's scraping the barrel though that's like oh sorry i apologize to any listeners that drive a tiptronic cabriolet 996 when i say scraping the barrel i meant that is typically the cheapest option of getting into a 996 right that two those two oh combined yes see see i i agree with that and but that particular car which the bidding was up to 6400 and something had no engine or gearbox in it oh, what exactly <laughs> so i think i should get five or six if mine had the engine or gearbox but it was just broken and how are you gonna have because a conversation then it's with your wife that you need a new 991 after that or a new to you 991 um that that well, I couldn't have that conversation because I wouldn't have the money. Oh, look, and and in anticipation, I did buy a ticket, single ticket, to win uh, the the classic giveaways. Oh, the TG does. Six, yeah, four S and and Nine Works now do it as well. Four uh, S and I did buy one ticket, and just to confirm, I did not win it. How much are the tickets? Uh, I think I bought it. Initially, when they launch it, they're a bit cheaper, so it was something like nine pounds. Okay, but they're twelve pounds fifty sure. or something normally. Still, still, it's a um, cheaper. Uh, well, yeah. If when you when you think about, it, it's kind of one chance in about six thousand. So it's not like it's the lotto where it's one chance in you know fifty billion gazillion. I'll tell you something funny about stats. You know how people often use statistics to favour an outcome they're looking for. Right. Yep. I had a guy, this is back in the day, I used to, when I used to work for Video Instruments, right, I had a truck driver come in and he had um, clipped on his, um, on his uh, fold-down sun visor in his truck, right, a lotto ticket on a bulldog clip. And I could see it was for the coming week and it was a, back then, it was in the 90s, so it was probably a $3 million jackpot or something like that, right? And I said, I oh, feel lucky on this one, mate. He says... You just should remember, young man, that in Australia, we have 25 million people live here. So one in a million chance happens 25 times every day. One day it's going to be my turn. <laughs> That's optimism. That's oh, it optimism. Is, it's a great optimistic way to look at it, isn't it? And that, a million, a million in one chance happens 25 times a day. So, but that doesn't mean it will be his turn. Of course it doesn't, but... There are people that win it multiple times. That is true. That is, well, that classic giveaway is, I think, two guy, one guy won two cars. What? I'm pretty sure. That sounds like money laundering one guy. Do you know, everything sounds like money laundering to me at the moment. <laughs> Pricing cars, <laughs> you know, car, car prices. Well, how's it? Oh, hang on. Let's, let's talk car prices for a second because collecting cars in Australia. UK import Targa, 87, mm. 1987 model. Minerva Blue, which is a PDF so back then, right? Yep. 3.2 with a G50 gearbox. So pretty, like, if it was a coupe, it would be a different story, but it's a Targa, right? Good condition. Typical Pommy car, probably rusted the buggery through the bottom. Looks like Flintstones car, right? And the... Yep. It sold for $70,000, 
Now, every other G-Series car that is on any sort of platform for sale in Australia right now is in the hundreds, and they're not G50 cars or 3.2s. I'm talking older 2.7s and 3 litres are asking well over 100, 120, 130, 140, sometimes even more. And this car sold for 70. So I think this could be a sign of pressure, financial pressure on people having to let toys go. Well, I think there there is some of that because a lot of the cars that you see advertised, certainly in Australia, they're either not selling or they're because it's the prices are crazy and ludicrous. And people and people get an idea of what how crazy the prices are when they go for a trade in. Yep. And someone goes, "Look, I, I want to trade in my whatever it is," and the offer that you get is some, you know, it's it's a ridiculous amount lower than the market value, even though you might have be well, you know, you sell it and make money out of themselves, right? Exactly. But the thing is, there's there's making money and there's just taking the piss, right? <laughs> but where's the so, piss take, know, where's the piss taken? Is it taken at the perception of market value or is it taken at the buy price and make a gouge when you sell? You know what I mean? I'm just it's probably a balance of the two, right? Well, but at the moment, it feels like it's a bit of both because they're marketed so high and then they disappear on the market and you can make the assumption that they've been sold. But a lot of people are now finding that they're not. They've just been parked somewhere or they've been put into stores and then they come back a month later or two months later at the same dealership or a different dealership. And and the piss is taken when you go for a trade-in because they trade you, you know, they give you a market value for your car. And I get that they'll have a big you know, thousands of dollars they'll have to spend to get it up to the spec that they will have to be able to then guarantee it and sure. warranty yeah. it. But you know, when it's when it's when that takes ten thousand dollars, but they're undercutting the market value of the car by a hundred thousand or eighty thousand dollars, and then you just think, come on, you know, there's there's a there's a bit in the middle somewhere where you're still making money without taking the piss at selling it and buying it off me. So it's there, there must be a reset. There must be. Yeah, look, it has to be. I've, look, I was talking to um, the independent Porsche dealer that recently did some work on my 356. He only does air-cooled cars. He doesn't work on anything that's got water slushing around in it, right? And he was uh, he reluctantly works on G-Series cars, reluctantly, because people during COVID boom have paid so much money for cars that were – a third of their value before COVID not worth spending the money on to get going well. And people buy these cars thinking they're going to be perfect and they're so far from it because they're often first-time buyers coming to the market, I'll finally get a 911. Like buying an air-cooled 911 is your first 911. If you're new to Porsche, that's not a great idea. You know, you, you need to come in mm. educated because of it's a different world of maintenance compared to the water-cooled cars and also of expectation of what – you know the car actually does, but anyway, that was uh, that price correction on that Targo. That was an eye opener for me. I actually think it was pretty good value at seventy grand. The car looked pretty good. Did you think about buying it? Oh, I'm not in the position to. The um, but, and I'll be, I wouldn't buy a Targo. I'd buy a Cabriolet or a Coupe. I wouldn't buy a Targo. And if I bought yeah, a Cabriolet, I, I, I want a slant nose, wide body, full Miami Vice pack. <laughs> yeah. Rolled up sleeves in your white jacket. Yep, yep, 100%. Pink shirt. I've, I've, um, 
I, I do agree because I've driven a Targa and I did think it's because it's not really a coupe and it's not really a convertible. You're getting kind of, it's, I can't say, some people might say it's the best of both worlds, but I don't know. I don't know if it is the best. I don't, I, I think I it's think none it, of them. I treat it like a um, road trail motorcycle. Not great on the road, not great on the trail. So it's not, it's not full convertible and it's not rigidity of a coupe. And it's, you know what? When I, if, I, if I'm in market for a 911, I want that silhouette and you don't get it with a Targa. Yeah. Yeah, true. The modern, I mean, don't targas, get me wrong. The modern Targas are closer if, to that silhouette. Yes. But I think I'd still, I'd still consider one. If, it, if the price was right and I could get one, because you know, there's nothing to stop you leaving that target top on, right? Um, I've seen a nice. And I've after, never I've seen a nice aftermarket glass, toughened glass replacement over, instead of the, you know, the folding fabric thing that always looks like shit on the cars. On um, it's not folding fabric though, is it? On yeah, it's, the a piece, one. it's a big piece of vinyl leather, and it folds up and it goes into a bag that you can keep in the car. I, I've done a video on one. I've done fold, a video on targets. Oh, I can't, I can't. I thought they some of them didn't fold. Now, then I had a nine fourteen, which was a, was a targa, and that wasn't yeah. folded. That was a solid piece that went that that's, sat in the back trunk on a special. That's what it. I could. Yeah, that's what I'm getting mixed up. The the nine fourteen that didn't fold up, and I believe but, the um, nine one eight spider because that's also got a targa roof, but no one calls it a people even calls it a spider even though it's got a targa roof. I believe that also goes in the front. It's not a fold-up. Oh, don't let me forget, because I've got a, a 918 Spider giveaway. That's we'll coming come later. To it. Um, yeah, um, but the, the the thing about the 911 and I guess the 912 early Targas would never buy a soft window one. I, you know what? I don't mind them. I think just because they've got that such small window of production, it's up there, that oil filler on the side, you know, oil filler on the side no, and a soft no, window. no, no. See, that's because the oil filler thing, the or clapper or whatever people call it, you know, you know, and they go, it's one year only. And you go, yeah, it's one year only because it was shit. shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's unique. Because people kept putting petrol in the engine. Yeah, but you know what? You could say, that if, if you go by that argument, the 918 was no good because they only made that for one year. Yeah, but that wasn't shit, though. <laughs> Look, yeah, I don't disagree with you. Some of the ideas that they... But they had a crack. But it's just some of the times... Yeah, because there's a... Because it's a little bit like you know the the way that software development happens now. You know you you fail you fail quickly. Yeah. You come up with the idea and you get it into production and you fail quickly, and that's what Porsche has done for a very long time. They come up with an idea, they bash it out. Customers are driving it, and then they find out, hang on, this is this is actually rubbish. It's not working, and then they change it really quickly. So I I think with the I get that people say why oh look it's the oil and you're just like yeah but well, you say something about soft window. Sorry? You say the same thing about the soft window. Coop. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, soft window and that's, that's exactly what I think. Yeah, I think the same thing because the soft window was, you know, it's because it's, I don't know, maybe maybe it had an impact on the structural rigidity. I doubt it because they then had a convertible, but it was the fact that they all fried in the sun and then, you know, then you couldn't see out the back. And then you'd think, well, why have I got a Targa with a soft window? When I, I could have a convertible, but you couldn't have a convertible because they weren't around then, were they? They weren't invented yet. But what I, what I will say about the um, soft window 
That's no different to the crappy window it's in a cabriolet when the roof's up. Yep. But I'm not a fan of cabriolets. Even though I had an MGB Roadster for a really long time, um, that was that was a, a, an old, old, old school Roadster made as a Roadster. And yeah. it was it was kind of... And in, in the UK, it's, you know, it's either too cold and rainy or it's too hot and you're baking. And, and I remember going to play tennis with a friend of mine and i went in that and top down you know it's gorgeous day um middle of the day living your best life traffic roof down yeah living my best life yeah roof down and um i get stuck in traffic but I, it's not that i've got the roof down i haven't got the roof with me i took it out because <laughs> you could just undo a couple of screws and yeah, just yeah. take it out yeah, 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 yeah. so i'm sat in the baking sun i know it's not going to rain that day but i'm sat in the baking sun in traffic and honestly i know obviously you know i've got no hair i don't have a hat and no i'm hat. just absolutely no hat and it's baking and i can feel my skin burning um and i was left with no choice but to put the tennis racket cover on my head if our listeners just hold that picture in your mind for one moment but i'm sat in traffic so people are looking at me with this and you know, well, they're looking at you because you're in an MGB oh. with no roof on it, right? So you wanted people to look at you. Yeah, but the thing is, that someone in the next car rolled down the window and said, "Why are you wearing that on your head?" And and I said it was more aerodynamic than my head. It may and very well have been. That. How tight did you do the yeah. zip up on the cap on the cover? I, I didn't do this. Do the zip up. I wore it so because the without the zip up, it covered the back of my neck as well. F- fitted you amazingly well. <laughs> you, you know, you do the zip up, it does look like a gimp mask, right? Yeah, okay. Without, yeah. without the opening. Yeah, you get home hey, and your wife says, show. Ajmal, why has the tennis record got press studs for eyes? Now, the <laughs> yeah, I know. okay, no, 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 this is a family show. It is it's not a family show. Now, um, I'd just like to uh, talk about last week's show, if I could, for a moment. Well, yes. It has been incredibly well listened to. Oh, good. And I enjoyed that's it. after you did bugger all promotion on Instagram for our podcast last week. I completely forgot, and I just realised, just as I was coming upstairs with my glass of water to sit down, I thought, oh, God, I forgot to do anything. Mate, on you've got one job YouTube to do in this podcast. One. I know. I know. I should do a video on YouTube as well about that it's gone live, like a 30-second thing or something. Yeah, can you? Can you do um, something? Can you do something to promote this for us? I want, it, I want more listeners to engage yeah, I with. I know. Me too. I've yeah. Got, hey, I've, got, uh, I've, had a, I've had a pretty good run this week on that. I've got a few people uh, lined up for upcoming um, episodes to uh, contribute as listeners to the podcast. Oh, how so? In what format? Oh, we'll just get them on and crap on like we do all the time. Ah, see, the thing is, I need to go and get back, chase up Jack again, Flat Six Jack. He needs to come on. And the last time I said to him, just do it off your phone. And he said... Um, What's the phone? He said, my, my phone can't take any new apps. <laughs> and I haven't got Zoom on there. And I was like, oh, come on. Oh, man. So um, I need to I need to go and talk to him again because he did some work on our family wagon um which was just a wheel bearing and, and i thought no i need to get him on and then 
I went to the Porsche Classic thing at the dealership. I think I mentioned that last you week. Did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met one of the people who works in, who's a technician there and has been for a really long time. And it's a, and it's a lady. And, and I thought, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder what that's like for her. And I thought, said to her, oh, um, why don't you, it'd be great if we could have you on this podcast that we do. And she went, oh, yeah, I'll be interested. So I, I, and then I was talking to Tina and she went, you know, that's Jack's cousin, right? Is it really? Yes. Yeah. That's classic. So they used to work there at the same time. At Where the Porsche GB headquarters. Okay. Small world. Well, not, well, it's very on. small. Like it's all like within about five kilometers of each, of each other, isn't it? No, it's just all less than 10 hours. No, it's not less than 10 hours. I guess it would take more than 10 hours to get to... Would it take more than 10 hours to get to Land's End? I don't know. No, I don't think it would. Who's it Land's, Land's End? You could drive from where I am. You know uh, Land's well, End. Because the... Well, they kind of call it... You know, if when, when people say, you know, from... A to Z kind of thing. It's Land's End to John O'Groats. Yeah, it's supposed sure. to be the, the longest mm. distance on land without leaving. Um, but if from where I am, I'm sure in ten hours I could get to any. In less than ten hours, I could get to anywhere in um, the UK bar Northern Ireland. Because I, I don't know how quickly you'd be you'd be able to get a ferry and go across to. I don't, I genuinely don't um, think I can drive in a car. Hang on. No, I couldn't drive to in a car. the local shop in 10 hours. No, no, to leave the state of Western Australia in 10 hours. What? That's, that's the outback. The, the shortest route. No, I definitely couldn't do it in 10 hours. What? How big is the state? I'm sure I couldn't. I couldn't. I, think, I could get well, anywhere. I think the UK is about hours. the same size as a Perth metro. That's what it looks like on the map, anyway. I'm. Uh... <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you exactly. Mm. Yeah, let me have a quick look. The um... yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have a look. Um, hang on. Uh, John, oh, no, Aber- Aberdeen probably. If I went super north, is, is, I was going to. Is that about as far like as you can go Aberdeen's. from your place, Aberdeen? You reckon? Up north. Uh, let me have a look. I don't know. I don't want to walk. Um, right, let's go. That would be. Oh, oh no, no. So that from here to go to Aberdeen is nearly nine hours. Yeah, yeah. But you can go further north, which is John O'Groats, which is the most extreme north uh, part of Scotland. So if I went to John O'Groats, mm-hmm. it's going to be. Now, bear with us, listeners. This is riveting stuff. Uh, oh, it's 11 hours 42 well, from here. To get to the West Australian border, the shortest route by car is 15 hours and 11 minutes right now. Just to get out of the state? Yes. And that is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, the border. How long would it take yes. How long would it take you to drive to Sydney? I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. How, how much about Russia in? Let's talk Sydney non-stop, right? Yep. If you worked in shifts with your uh, with someone, 
the, mm-hmm. um, let's have a look here. 41 hours. 41 hours? Non-stop. Oh my God. It's a big country out there. How many miles is that? How many miles is that? Uh, it's, it's, just, it's a shade under 4,000 kilometres. Two and a half thousand, is that right? Yeah. See, my 996 would do that, no problem. <laughs> hey, um, whilst, whilst last week when we were talking about, I was good to have Joe on anyway. He was a, he's, a, he's a great character to have on the podcast and I appreciated his time joining us and talking about starting up a podcast. Yeah, what he's was. doing is fantastic. I mean, yeah. the, and it's, um, yeah, the stuff that he's successful. doing. Great. I, I saw some... Uh, Post Instagram post of him up at the track yesterday on a day that the rest of us have to work. <laughs> With a couple of mates, there's about six of them. They hired the racetrack and just spent the whole day there. Is he a man of leisure, a man of independent means? He is. Which is... Uh, See, the first time I heard that phrase, the first time I heard that phrase of someone of independent means is uh, when I was watching Miss Marple Um and one of my favourite Miss Marples, uh, after Joan Hickson, this is like British TV thing. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm about full slate. Um, uh, well, well, it's so Joan Hickson was in the like early '80s. Sure. She was Miss Marple on British television, right? Um, because it was, you know, I was a kid then, and I remember it, and I used to love that show. And then later on, I discovered the Margaret Rutherford ones, which were from the 40s 30s maybe it's black and white and it's a bit more comedic so agatha christie hated it okay but in that one she is described as a woman of independent means basically someone who has an income and doesn't have to work sure um and and, and i just thought that's that is what i need to aspire to be a man of cool. not a woman of independent means a man of independent means is that what you're planning for for your retirement i would like it to be that from tomorrow but i can't see that happening sure I, I i'm definitely some way away from that lifestyle i'm that's so through, far that's away through, from that that's i'm through, further that's, than... but that's through choice for me and that's the privilege that both you and i have with living in the affluent countries we do if should we choose to we could make some compromises in a lot of aspects of our lifestyle that would then free up the funds necessary to live a life of independent means. It's just the standard of that life, maybe not to what you're aspiring to. No, I don't know if it would be independent means because, you know, I could live, I could go and live like a hobo, um, but I, I wouldn't have any means then. And uh, <laughs> so I think independent means is just, you're not reliant on working or a, um, a, a company or, or something. You've just got an income off. I don't know. I don't know what that would be, but there's there's an income that you've got that where you don't have to work and it's fixed every month. Yeah, that's be, that's called having income generating assets that have no debt. Is it is it what they call passive passive income? Of course it is. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, because my brother keeps talking about passive income and it's shitting you, isn't it? Uh, it's just yeah. See if he's if he's got passive income, I should ask him how. But he's probably made. Through investments, you know, 20 years ago, yep. they're all now bearing And you were ripping up all your money on stupid ago. MGBs? Uh, no, it was, yeah, it was that. It was the old, you know, George Best thing, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. You know, the thing that he, 
You know who George Best is? Yeah, he's a footballer of repute. Yeah, iconic footballer over here. And he he kind of retired early, but, you know, he went into booze and womanizing. And Ripped up that. his money, basically, did he? Um, yeah. And and it was yeah, and he was interviewed, and he said something like, "You know, I I blew, I blew all my money." Um, um, or he said he wasted all of his money, and the rest I spent on women and cars, something like that. It's some quote that there's it's on a it's on a greetings card as well. <laughs> so it's basically to say I blew all of my money mm-hmm. on um at, on. Sort of day-to-day living things. That's what he called blowing money. And whereas, and then I spent the rest of it on women and booze. Oh. You just think. Always look at it, but he did not die an, of uh, cirrhosis of the liver. Not an uncommon um, pattern for professional athletes whose careers end a lot sooner in life than they're budgeted for. Yeah, but his, his career ended because of that. Not he his behavior and demons didn't come as a result of his career ended. They can they ended his career. Yeah, okay. Right. I um we shit canned Christophorus last week. And today the latest edition, four oh five, turns up in the post. The that see that's not uh, a result of what we said though, is it? That's just they just like to send it to you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for the fact I do get it sent to me, right? What I would like, though, yep. is if you're listening out there, Dr. Sebastian Rudolph, the editor, would like to get you on to the podcast and discuss Christophorus and what a how this is a step in the career. Is it a step in the career of journalism or is it a Porsche employee? I'm curious about how this whole document happens yeah, who's it, it for who's it for yeah is it just to make you feel better about spending a zillion dollars on a german sports car i, I don't know it's got nice pictures it's always got nice pictures yeah and, and that's the thing it's just everything's really well curated and it's beautiful but who's i don't cover? know if I it's a magazine that i sit there and read who's on the cover i think on the cover is um our mate who puts his tent on his on his um, roof that we had. Well, Brock. I think it might be Brock on the car. It's not Brock. You don't think it's Brock? No. Anyway. I don't think so. I know Andre Lotter was on last in the last issue, and we've got to get Andre on. Yeah, we need to get him on. It's, uh, I'll, I'll um, bombard him on social media, but he's actually racing at the moment. The season's going, isn't it? He's all over yeah, the place. But you know what? The uh, I think this could be the worst season for media coverage of Formula E. Like it has that feel about it that it doesn't have a lot of longevity left in it. Yeah, you and the thing is, you have to go and find out about it. It's not like you know, yeah, no you one's coming to tell you what's happening. Like yeah, exactly. Whereas you know, if you're following Formula One, football, tennis, boxing, yeah, it's in you, it's in mainstream media on, without digging media deep, isn't it? In fact, I can exactly. I and can find more coverage of women's netball than I can of Formula E in the mainstream media here. That's not to say women's no, netball is not a credible sport. My point is, it's uh, you know, for the amount of uh, capital invested in those two sports, I'd suggest one is significantly greater than the other. 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, I could probably name a few Formula E drivers and sports people, but I can't name um, any Nipples. Sort of professional netball players because they're not made into celebrities and they've probably got day jobs. Yet the um, coverage of that sport is greater in this country than it is Formula E. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. It's interesting. Because, you know, obviously people who are in Formula One are making a bazillion dollars. And it's, speaking of which... Have you binge-watched uh, Formula One season? Drive to Survive yet from last season? I haven't. I haven't, no, but I I have been consuming everything about... Because obviously it's, you know, this weekend. It's yeah, the first yeah, yeah, Grand Prix Bahrain, the season. yeah. Bahrain, and... Um, and I've I've kind of been looking and studying what's happening in in testing. It's, not it's only three it's, days. It's, it's not looking good. great though for uh, it being very different from last year. It's is it? Not. It's not. And you, and you know when you just go, even though people are trying to downplay it, and you just go, one team is just looking dominant, dominant reliability, stability. Um, just performance and you know you look at the tyres they're using and everybody goes you know it's the same line every single year and has been for as long as you know there's been media uh, and it's uh, testing results are notoriously unreliable because of you know uh, engine engine modes and and fuel loads and whatnot and, and the different tyre strategies but it looks kind of ominous it's not as bad as when I think it was which year was it that Michael Schumacher was completely dominant in the Ferrari? And the, on the last day of testing, I think he just came out and did a lap that was a full two seconds faster than anybody else. <laughs> and everyone's heads just dropped and went, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, now nowadays they don't do that because they don't want people turning off thinking, oh, that team's just going to win it. Well, the tragedy of the sport is that we're all more excited about the race in the midfield. Yeah, but it kind of becomes. It still takes the shine off the spectacle when, if you're, because you know, some people when you when you if you're F1 or, or Liberty, whoever they are, who own Formula One, and they say, oh well, we want people to buy these packages that you take you to a race weekend, and they cost you know thousands of pounds and dollars each, sure. and you know the destination is Abu Dhabi, for example, and it's the last race of the season. And there's every danger that six races before that, the championship's been decided, constructors and drivers. And you get there and you go, there's going to be no racing. No one cares what's happening on track. But that's the difficulty, I think, that they've got yeah, with turning uh, off. I, yeah, you might be right. I, I don't know. The Look, if I don't think there was much awareness of how much impact to that sport Netflix was going to make. When yes. they started, right? It, it has turned yeah. that sport around, like, incredibly. Like, you can speak to – you can hear over here women in a cafe talking to each other over their coffee about Formula One topics because they've watched the um, Drive to Survive. And But does that mean they're watching races? No, it doesn't. But that that series will not continue without those races happening. No. And – I think with um, the the availability, the easy availability of races has obviously changed over recent years. 
recent years, I guess it could have been quite a few years, because over here it used to be on terrestrial television. You just turned it on. It was on the BBC. Pretty. You had a great coverage. It was award-winning coverage, mm-hmm. and everybody watched it. And then when it went to, obviously, to commercial uh, channels where there were, you know, ad breaks and things like that, people thought, oh, and one of the races, I think it was in 2005, San Marino Grand Prix, where they, they have to get a certain number of ads during the race sure. they used to yeah, have yeah. to get. Mm-hmm. And what they did was, it was the race, it was the season where the Michelin, and it was the tile wars between Michelin and Bridgestone, mm-hmm. and they changed the rules so to penalise Ferrari, because Michael Schumacher had had that five years of dominance, yeah. and Ferrari went to nowhere. But the one race where he was competitive was, I think it was Imola. And, you know, he's chasing down Fernando Alonso, and there's this battle going on. And just as, and they're thinking, well, we need to stick with it. And then it gets to the point, well, actually, they're still battling, and we have to get this ad in. And they put the ad in over with over the finishing of the race. Oh, and there was the big uproar. And but then it, you know, it went to over here, it went to Channel Four. Then it went to highlights, apart from something like Monaco and Silverstone. And then um, it's gone. So live, it's you have to pay for it on Sky or Now TV or sure. whatever it is. And not counting the impact of Drive to Survive, it, Formula One, because of that, because of Sky, was making more money, but fewer people were watching it. Sure. Because so many people said, well, we don't want to watch it, if, if that's how it's going to be. And, and also, obviously, Bernie Eccleston went to all of these far-reaching places that didn't have an audience, but had questionable human rights records. And As is continuing um, today. He went to all those... Which yeah, and which some of the drivers kind of I think Mark Webber was one of them who spoke out. Um, David Coulthard spoke out when they went to when he was a commentator and they went to India and he went the poverty just smacks you in the face. You go from one of the richest sports in the world, you go five minutes outside of the track and the poverty just smacks you in the face, and and you just go yeah is it it's kind of the two it's it's uncomfortable isn't it? Yes, it's interesting how India was a problem there, but Sao Paulo was. Uh... Completely acceptable. So, but Sao Paulo is um, when the sport wasn't so rich. But they're still going they're there, still and the gap there. between the haves and the have-nots is wider than it's ever been, you know what I mean? So, it's widened, yeah. yeah but the hypocrisy of that, of that situation is just uh, incredible. But yeah, and it's a little bit different with... Formula One, that's what it is. You know, it's a money-making it machine, and, and, and that's what it's there for. Yeah. And, yeah, questionable. And it's value a little bit different. Be- exactly. And it's a little bit different, I guess, when governments pay a ton of money to have it. And it's almost distracting from the poverty and whatever else is going on in those countries. Whereas, I guess, Brazil, it's just been there so long. Um, and it's the evolution of the sport. So you, it's the, the issue is just as strong there, but you've got a different because the government haven't paid for it to turn up. Well, I guess they still they might still be paying for it. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Mm. I won't bore everybody with. Yep. Loads of Formula One chats. <laughs> I I talked my way out of a parking ticket on the weekend. You talked your way into a parking out ticket a parking, or out of one? Out of a parking ticket. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> the. Uh, I feel that the revenue raised by the local councils who monitor the parking could not even come close to covering 
the cost of wages of considering the hours these people have to work who go around and check. Mm. Yeah, but do they always walk around and check? Because over here, even in the local village car park, there's a camera that picks up your number plate and then no, mirrors it up. They so use a sensor on the road here, right? And then the, then the ranger comes out and starts writing your ticket because he's been notified by SMS that a car's been on that spot for longer than it's supposed to be. Oh, and he has to write it so they don't just send it to you no, by you default have to be in the post. Yeah. That's what happens. He has to photograph oh, the so car here in the spot. Uh, so here we get it sent to us in the post, and if you question it, they'll send you camera footage of you driving into the into the car park. Yeah, okay. So but it's... I guess I I use the beach a lot. Like this time of the year, usually once a day, today twice, most days the last week twice because the uh, temperature's been suitable. The but it's only like one hour parking there. So if you go... Oh, wow. Yeah, Can't so pay for more. No, no, it's not pay. It's free. But it's only one hour. Oh. Right. So it's the. Mm. I think the intent is to get people to shuffle through so other people can come in. There is yeah. a three-hour parking car park about a kilometre away, which is their argument saying we have provided you with parking, but... I like parking in pole position. I want I want number one on the grid. I want to park exactly where I want to be, right? And that's why I'm <laughs> parking. And there's about... You don't want to walk 15 minutes. No, there's about 20 parking bays that have that at the beach where I regularly go. But it just shits me, Ajmal, because I've been stung, I reckon, four times in the last couple of years where I've been in between an hour and an hour five. Uh, yeah. It's and not it like I'm there for four been... hours, you know what I mean? And it just yep. shits me, you know. That, and look, I know, I know when I get there, I know when I'm supposed to leave, but, yep. you know, it's it's the beachfront, it's a popular beach. Yep. No, and, I, get, I get that. And because... I'm, there, I'm there in the early mornings and the late evenings. I'm not there midday. I'm... I'm not taking up parking of people to go to cafes or generating, stealing revenue from potential customers of the businesses that pay the rates they do in that area. You know, so I'm driving in, I'll get there at 5.30, out of there by 6, 6.30, something like that, right? But I, I guess people will argue rules are rules and you know the rules. I get it. And, and, and agree. Like I don't, I'm, I'm a, let's give you an idea on how I feel about this. I don't believe that speed cameras are a form of revenue raising. I believe that if you you only get a speeding fine because you want one, because you have, they've got big signs, they spend a lot of money putting signs up to tell you what the speed limit is. Now, if you're not aware of the speed limit, should you be driving a car? If you're not paying enough attention yep. to what's going on in your, around you. So I definitely empathise with that, but I think there needs to be some... Uh, time slots of when the hour parking triggers. I think it should be like after 7 in the morning and until 9 p.m. or something. After Outside of those hours, just let people go for it. I do kind of do that over here. There, there are certain we have places that in some areas. We have that in the city. Park overnight. Yeah, we have that in the city. Mm. But on the beaches, we don't because yeah. I think there's a lot of, you know, people that live in their cars and that go and park at the beach and they're trying to get not to have those people live there, you know? 
Well, with the with the the speed thing, and I um, I went to somewhere for work earlier this week, and I had to go around the M25, and that's obviously massively busy all the way around London, and it has the variable speed limits. Sure. So based on how congested it gets, your it's, your lane tells you what the speed limit is in your lane at that moment in time. They're big digital ones or something, do they? Big signs that go yeah. on the top. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they have speed cameras on them, mm-hmm. and they are constantly changing. So sure. you'll go 60, 40, 60, 70, 50. And so you're constantly constrained. So you'll be going 60 and suddenly say it's 30 because it's slowed right down or someone's broken down. So you hit the anchors, you go down to 30, and then it will say 60, so you accelerate again, which is massively inefficient from a fuel point of view, but also um, you have to concentrate so much. And it, you know, having cruise control isn't doesn't help because normally you go, I'm going to hit the motorway, I'm going a really long way, 70 miles an hour, um, there's cameras on the way, I'll just fix the cruise control and it's fine. Um, Tell but me, also we have they do that. have cruise control. It's called adaptive cruise control. Marshmallow, it's just your car's too old. No, but the adaptive only adapts to what's in front of you yeah, and not right. the speed limit. Yeah, for sure. No, but you can put a ceiling Because yeah, some people... Uh, yeah, you can, which is fine. But when it's changing in between uh, different cameras, then it only adapts to... You can put a ceiling on, but it'll adapt to, to other cars around you. Uh, so, for example, if the road clears... And the speed limit's still there, the variable speed limit. But if there's no car in front of you, the car will accelerate to seventy. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's. I don't. I don't know what you can do about it because it means traffic keeps flowing. So they kind of work. But in terms of, I don't know if everyone should be penalised because you just missed. You were doing forty three. You you were slowing down from sixty to forty, and you were doing forty three or forty four, and you got zapped. That's kind of. That that's that's kind of quite unscrupulous way of yeah, generating yeah, revenue, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's the way it is. Yeah, anyway, it is the way it is. Um the Oh, let me talk about let me talk about the nine one eight spider. Oh yeah, you're not let's talk about your nine eighteen spider that you've you want to give away. Yeah, I want to give away my uh nine one eight spider and it's got the racing livery on it. Martin. Um and pardon? Is it Martini? Uh, it is Martini, and it's got Martini written on it. Um, and the great thing about this 918 is um, it's also a memory stick. And you can drive it around your desk, and it's got, um, I think it's got track rubber on it. Yeah, it's got track tires on it, so you can drive it around your desk. It's got great holding around the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. It's got great road holding around the keyboard, uh, but also when you press the button underneath, a uh, little memory stick thing comes out of its bum. And you can say so you can reverse it into uh, your if you're American, laptop. that's ass. And then yeah, reverse it into your laptop. It's not a USB C though. It's a USB standard USB aye, thing. Aye, it's called a USB. Um, that's it. That's what I meant. Standard, um, and it's a monumental eight gig of storage. Um, it's in the box, unused. Is this a giveaway? So it's got a virus on it. It's it's and it's a giveaway. Yeah, brand's making new in the box. How, I've taken it out and touched it. How did it somebody now. win this? How did somebody win? 
they just need to contact me or you saying I want the 918 with the with the track tires. Or are they all weather tires? I'd like to go one step further here, Rajmal, and suggest that they don't just tell us they want it. They want to tell us what they want to use it for. Exactly. And if they say it's for doing donuts around the keyboard, then I would say yes. <laughs> um, but also, you're right. Um, what do people use? <laughs> use memory sticks for these days? Tell us. Well... It's more substantial than the cloud version of the 918 Spider that you imagined that you were going to get. That is not true. And then, exactly. And you also only pay for it as you use it. So every time you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Virtually, virtually use it, uh, you pay for it. Whereas (laughs) this, this is just free and it's there forever. Forever and ever and ever. You can put photos on it your dodgy videos of your ex-girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, I wasn't going to sink into that realm. However, you couldn't help yourself. Well, do you know why that is? And I want to talk about another podcast, and it's because of uh, um, Adia Zuckerman from Spice Car Radio, (laughs) where someone asked Zuckerman about videos, (laughs) where someone said, we did some videos while we were together. Yeah, yeah. And now we won't delete them. And it's... Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I would actually say, I would go as far as to say, don't put dodgy videos of anybody on there. I'll go um, further. Don't you? make them. Don't make dodgy videos. Yeah. Actually, that, we're guilty of that from the dodgy videos in our YouTube channels. That's true. Nearly all of mine are dodgy, but in a whole different way. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, I think you can re- re- refer to the quality as dodgy. Other than that, it's it's fine. Yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, just reach out to um, Mark or me, and that you that you want the memory stick, and that you're going to do something amazing with it, and uh, I'll post it to you. We're going to get a guest on next episode. Are we? We are. I've got two lined up, so you keep threatening, but just don't deliver. I know it's just going to have to be my eight year old daughter or something. <laughs> At least we we'll get some common sense. Now, the, uh... Yeah, that's true. She's still with common sense. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, okay, let's, let's call it. Thank you very much for your time today. It's the evening for me, which is a nice change instead of uh, some ungodly hour of the morning. And um, it's lunchtime for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually starving. And uh, I, uh, in five minutes, actually, this is perfect timing because in five minutes, someone's coming around to have a look at the... Uh, garage groundworks <laughs> we'll talk about it next episode yes definitely thank you sounds great all right then thank you everyone for listening this week reach out if you want the memory stick please think about sharing the podcast and uh engage with us i'm mark and cars yes. that's mark with a c and ajmal is flat cat driver thanks very much everyone